millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Jim, we found somebody who loves drones and who thinks they're the coolest things ever. Richard Miranda said I should let my nerd flag fly. And I have to admit, I just love this kind of technology, and I'm really interested in diving into this topic. The good news about drones. Mehdi Salehi. It's basically a robot, a flying robot. Going through a lot of experience through my own journey as a refugee, leaving Afghanistan, going to Europe, and then coming to New York, um, I always believed that you can utilize this technology for good. And I'm very excited that we are there right now, and we're using this technology to save people and, you know, to make our cities safer. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? A lot of what we hear about drones is negative, freighted with a kind of paranoia that they're going to be spying in our windows. And certainly when we hear about the use of drones in warfare, it's genuinely of concern. Perhaps it's the word drone. Absolutely. And in fact, a lot of people in the industry resisted using the term drone. For one thing, it has the implications of these military drones. It's a very different technology. These are huge unmanned aircraft. Our show today is going to be about civilian drones, very different technology. We're talking about devices that are as small as something that might be in the palm of your hand to as big as something that's two or three feet across. And they can be used to deliver packages, help farmers, and, and they even work underwater. You might say drones are taking off. Oh, God. <laughs> I knew that one was coming. But Goldman Sachs has estimated that within two years, the drone industry, the civilian drone industry, could be worth as much as $100 billion. Our guest is Mehdi Salehi of the Parsons School of Design, a drone consultant and co-founder of Good Drones, LLC, a drone innovation and design lab. Mehdi Salehi, welcome to How Do We Fix It? Thank you so much for having me here. That was a great introduction. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So you think that drones could be a force for good. So, so Why? The good news is that you can use drones for any industry out there, and um, that's why it's so promising. When we talk about drones, exactly what are they? I mean, I think, I think my definition would be that they're, that they're pilotless things in the sky or, or even underwater. Yeah. So basically, there are um, unmanned vehicles that you control from a distance. Could be far away, miles away. It could be 
very close. And that's where it gives a lot of flexibility and power to this tool. It's basically a robot, a flying robot that empowers the controllers and in many different ways. And in some cases, as in, say, military drones, the, the vehicle is directly controlled by some operator who's looking at a TV screen that's more or less showing what the that's drone correct. sees. In other fields, they can work quite autonomously. They can direct themselves. That's where we're headed right now. Um, so a few years ago, when they just started releasing, building uh, commercial drones, it was really hard to pilot them, even with an experienced I know, pilot. I crashed one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but after a lot of different iterations, these companies got more sophisticated and their technologies got better and better. So, for example, somebody running a winery could program a drone to fly a certain circuit around his or her winery, checking the health of the vines and stuff like that. Absolutely. You can pre-program the speed, the angle that the camera or other sensors are looking at, and uh, what kind of data they're gathering, and how you're going to process afterwards. Now, the, the precision of drones, the work that they're able to do with, with for instance, going over uh, a vineyard and checking out bunches of grapes— is that work becoming more precise? Right now, we're kind of in the middle of having a big chunk of useless data that we're trying to figure out how we can get actionable data from all these large chunks of data from drones, right? So in other words, a drone could fly over your vineyard and pick up a lot of useless information. A lot of useless information, and the tricky part right now, or the biggest challenge right now, is how we can get actionable data from all that chunk of data. I'd like to get, for the audience, a few examples um, like that, of where drones can be deployed in positive, helpful ways in different fields. Um, well, the biggest area that drones are being used here is in um, inspections and constructions, energy sector, and uh, stuff like that. You um, mentioned one to me, which, which I found fascinating, was wind turbines, mm-hmm. which are huge. And it's very difficult for an individual inspector to get up into the wind turbine to make sure it's working correctly. And you could use a drone to, to do that kind of work. Uh, s- same thing with, with high-rise building inspections, like here in New York, where you have an inspector who's maybe using a pair of binoculars from another neighboring building looking to make sure that the skyscraper is properly constructed. But with a drone, you could be much more specific. Much more specific. You can, you know, there are a lot of times that people have to hang from the buildings or the wind turbines or uh, these large constructions, Right. Uh, sometimes, you know, accidents happen, you know, it takes a lot of time, you have to put scaffoldings on, you know, it takes a lot of time. And with a drone right now, you can deploy a drone to pilots. And, you know, within a few hours, you get all the data that you need. And, you know, you know what to do next. And this could also apply, say, um, checking on the status of a forest fire or examining the damage after a disaster in a place where it might be hazardous for humans to go on foot or fly in a helicopter. Exactly. And one of the biggest um, advantages of drones is that you can have real-time live feedback from the drone, sometimes within a few seconds of latency. That's digital jargon for a little bit of, of lag time between the drone picking up the image or the data and delivering it yeah. to the base. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you about your personal story. Yeah. Because you're from Afghanistan. Right. And you left Afghanistan 
and you eventually wound up in Greece. Right. And you were on kind of a shaky life raft or an inflatable. It was an inflatable boat. A friend of mine and I, we paddled from Turkey to Greece. It was um, a dark winter, you know, storm and stuff. We didn't know how to swim. It was a, it was a pretty, pretty damn harsh <laughs> night. Wow. We made it. Um, and, you, and you feared for your lives at the time. It was, it was very, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a challenging night. Um, and that's, uh, that's how actually we got into a project called Drones for Refugees. So when I was in, in New York, uh, we, we started working on drones, you know, good drones. And during that time, we would hear on news a lot of refugees are uh, leaving Syria and Afghanistan, going to Europe. And we're like, I was there. And clearly, there's a huge problem with, with migrants and refugees who've been coming across the Mediterranean, trying to get to Europe on very rickety craft. Yeah, so biggest challenge when, uh, when refugees are crossing the sea, you know, they, they use really um, old boats and wooden boats that they break down, and there are a lot of people loaded on them, you know. So, uh, and the biggest challenge is when, when, when accidents happen, you never know where they are, and, you know, they, no, no one is there to help. So the concept was, how about we fly drones over the route where refugees are crossing from Turkey to Greece and just provide the real-time footage to search and rescue people? And if something happens, you know, you have the exact coordinates, GPS coordinates, you have the live footage, you see how many men, women, children are on the boat. So they know exactly what's waiting for them, um, the rescue team, before they get there. Now, you've talked a little bit about drones in natural disasters. What are some examples of people doing that now? Absolutely. Drones were used during Hurricane Sandy, Maria, Irma, Harvey, in Philippines after Typhoon Haiyan, in Haiti, in, uh, in the Balkans recently. And they're the best ways, actually, for quick mapping and monitoring disaster. Uh, right, because the roads might be out. that might exactly. not yet be safe to fly. Yes. Um, so they can tell you where, oh, there's a whole group of survivors clustered in this spot or that exactly. spot. So they fly over. You fly over. You have regular right. cameras or, or thermal cameras. You know, sometimes you can't mm-hmm. see people, but you can based on the, um, the infrared. infrared. Wow, thermal, thermal cameras. So yes. you could use that, for instance, in an earthquake zone. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, Absolutely. or people are under the cover of, of jungle or trees or exactly. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where it's dark, you can't see, but those cameras are able to easily find and spot them. I can see that in Hurricane Harvey in Houston, it, they could have even been used to go inside houses and see if people were trapped or just fly right over an attic. Absolutely. We were there uh, during Hurricane Harvey, and we, we participated in damage ass- assessment after the Hurricane Harvey. Also, roof inspections uh, for homeowners, and it was, a, it was a great experience. So describe the kinds of drones you used in a situation like Hurricane Harvey. For, for situations like Hurricane, Hurricane Harvey, it's better to um, systematically approach the problem because, you know, there are helicopters flying close by, there are police that want to help. And you don't want to fly your drone when there's a helicopter and rescue. And it's uh, been a problem sometimes, like forest fires and stuff, right? Exactly. I mean, civilians are out there, they want to get pictures, and yeah. they're zipping around. Yeah. There's also aircraft in the sky trying to deal with the fire. Exactly. So in emergency situa- situations, it's better to systematically approach a problem. And, and how much are those drones? I mean, are we talking several thousand dollars or $20,000? They, they start from 300 bucks up to $10,000 or more. 
There, there was one example, which I thought was fascinating, is that in Fort Myers, Florida, drones will be used to survey the mosquito population. There's so many creative ways that drones can be used. Exactly. So basically, wherever there's a problem, I'm pretty sure you can find a use to overcome that problem utilizing drones. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And we're speaking to Mehdi Salehi about the civilian uses of drones. So I'm curious, how old are drones? Well, the first uh, military drone was used when... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Austrians attacked Venice in uh, July 1849. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so... They they used balloons uh, mm-hmm. and attach you know bombs and you know just let them go. Right, so, so it wasn't really directed, but as long as the wind was right, exactly. Um, so there was a possibility for those balloons to come back to Austria, right? But it worked. So let's talk about negatives for a few moments. Drones have been criticized for being used to spy on people. To Look, there's one outside people. the studio window right now. <laughs> <laughs> to invade our privacy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there aren't exactly positive in, in, in the popular imagination. So what are some of the criticisms of drones? So technophobia always exists, right? I remember when uh, when my grandpa had his first cell phone, everyone was like, hey, you're an old man, your brain is going to get cancer because of that cell phone. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that's bad. You know, it took, it took us a while to get used to that cell phone. And when, when we had the first cars in our societies, we people were like, oh, they are bad. You know, they're horses. You know, we're going to lose jobs and stuff like that. The same is happening with drones right now. I mean, they do, they do look scary. They're noisy. Um, there's a um, privacy concern going on with drones. Uh, they seem to be dangerous because of the military purposes, you know. But overall, I think it's going to take some time. So a lot of people, of course, think about military drones and the issues that it raises that makes it easier for nations to, you know, deploy secret weapon systems. Uh, maybe too easy. But for you, you're focused. I mean, your company's called Good Drones. You're, you're focused on peaceful applications. How did you come to that? Well, uh, coming from Afghanistan and seeing the um, actual living through that bad side of using technology, but believing that this technology, the same technology could be used for good, and going through a lot of experience through my own journey as a refugee, leaving Afghanistan, going to Europe, and then coming to New York, um, I always believed that you can 
utilize this technology for good. And we I'm very excited that we are there right now and we're use, using this technology to save people and, you know, to make our cities safer. With tens of thousands of drones flying around, along with helicopters and planes, can we have safe skies? A lot of tech companies and drone companies are working with NASA, for example, with the, uh, the federal government and uh, other companies to create something like Google Maps for drones. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're going to divide... Like a sky the, map. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the way that it's going, they're going to divide portions of the sky for different use of drones. Because yep. for a long time, there was a rule that you, you, could fly, you couldn't fly a drone over 300 feet, right? Uh, but, you couldn't fly over 400 feet. 400, okay. Yep. But for some of the more important future applications, we are going to need to let drones fly higher or farther or in other that the other trip closer to people if amazon's really gonna gonna be dropping you know packages on my front porch it's got to navigate trees and telephone lines and a very dense environment so on, on both ends is technology helping with this is our ability to program these things absolutely absolutely and that's the the most exciting part of this entire drone revolution is that the technology is getting very sophisticated and they can sense the space and obstacles all automated right now. And that's very good. We've done several shows on robotics yeah. and the impact of robotics on the workforce, which has been widely discussed and, and robots are widely feared. Is the drone industry going to be bigger than robotics? Absolutely. Um, and Drones are robots in themselves, but the, the good news is that, you know, robots are kind of limited onto specific routes and obstacles, and there's a little bit of limitations with robots. And drones, they're faster, cheaper, more flexible, and easier to navigate, where robots are not there. And what impact will this have on the economy? It will create jobs. Uh, it will give more efficient data. It, it's going to make processes easier, uh, integration after technology already is happening in a lot of industries, as we talked in gas, oil, energy industry, and constructions, and all of these. What excites you the most about drones and their future? Or what turns you on? Well, the most exciting part for me personally is the, the creative part of drones, that, you, that there are so many unlimited applications that you can use drones for. And, you know, Soon, the AI integration with drones, I think there's a lot uh, going on in that field, and it's going to make way easier and faster processes, and that's very exciting. The, the AI meaning the artificial intelligence that you can add to this. Absolutely. You grew up in Afghanistan, a uh, very different world than the world you're living in today in, in New York and, and the high-tech industry. Uh, what from your childhood, your upbringing, do you carry with you that inspires you in your work today? Oh, my God. That's, uh, I love this question. I was a curious kid. Um, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. And I also, uh, my father, he used to buy a lot of books. And I used to write uh, letters to NASA and ask for, you know, books and materials and stuff like that. So that was, um, I, I love the sky and flying, right? And, and later on, I started working with electronics. And I remember the first electronic kit that I built. I was like 12 years old. And I remember the two LEDs blinking. And that changed my mind. It was like, holy cow. And I wanted to do more. I, I kind of believe that there are more out there that you can do. And that curiosity always pushed me to do more and be more curious. 
Uh, later on, I didn't become an astronaut, um, <laughs> but I do fly drones, and that sense of building and tinkering and you know experimenting and you know it's still there, and I'm more curious, and I keep going. Great, thanks very much. So first, Jim, let's talk a moment about what the show is not about, because what it's not about is the military use of drones. And there, there are some disturbing thoughts. Oh, absolutely. One of which is that drones make it easier for the U.S. or or for other governments to, to fly weapons across borders and target civilian populations. Right. And I think that's something that we will be wrestling with for you know generations to come right now that discussion is focused on the big predator drones that are basically like a full-size aircraft but as they get smaller as they get more intrusive uh there there are a lot of scary possibilities for what could be done with drones of any size fortunately there's also a lot of on our end for this show we're talking about civilian drones that can be used in in all kinds of you know disaster relief and other positive circumstances. Two things I'm really struck by, which I didn't know. One is that drones are or very soon will be bigger than robotics. And second, that they're just changing so quickly. But I want to take this straight back to a personal level. I was very impressed with Mehdi and and his story of growing up in Afghanistan. Now, you brought him to the show. He hasn't done a lot of press. Um, How did you meet him? Hasn't done hardly any press at all. Um, I met him through a good friend of mine who works at UNICEF, Dan Thomas. And so a shout out to Dan, who also listens to the show and said, hey, Mehdi would be a really good guest for you. He's just presented to us at UNICEF about the potential humanitarian uses of drones, how they can be used, for instance, uh, when it comes to refugees in crisis or after there's been a humanitarian disaster or a natural disaster where quickly you need to get a count of people and get the help to them as quickly as possible. Yeah, in addition to the technology story, I guess what I'm intrigued with is something that we've touched on uh, quite a few times on how do we fix it. It's the story of refugees. And leaving aside big policy questions, I think it's always important to just remember that the contributions that sometimes these people from the most challenged places can bring to our society. I mean, this guy's obviously brilliant and promises to really make a positive impact here in this country. And and it's something that I think is is worth remembering. So drones giving us a new perspective. I'm Richard Davies. I'm Jim Meggs. This is How Do We Fix It? Producer Miranda Schaefer helping us to put this together, doing the editing work, which is so desperately we, needed. Wait, we need editing? <laughs> we certainly do. Music's by Lou Stravinsky. We're a production of Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. Our website is daviescontent.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.